Welcome to the Fusion Power Podcast. I am your host, Jared Gillespie, CSO and owner here at Fusion Power. Today, we're going to be talking about overcoming objections. Uh, one of the more challenging facets of sales is overcoming customer objections. Sometimes what seems to be a perfect door approach or a perfect uh, sales presentation can still end up in a, I need to think about it, which can be very, very frustrating. When we get a no or when we get an objection, it's usually the result of something that we missed up, tr upstream in our talk tracks. And this can happen if we don't properly qualify our customers to find out ahead of time what their concerns are or what their hot buttons might be. And this can also happen if we don't anticipate common objections that many people have when they're going solar. In either case, we are left with a roadblock, either known or unknown, that's stopping us from moving forward in the process. So as sales professionals, we need to learn to discover concerns and help customers to work through those. So in today's podcast, we're going to be providing a training on overcoming objections. And the goal of this episode is not necessarily to give you the exact verbiage of overcoming objections, but to help you understand the principles and the steps that we need to be, that, that need to be followed in order to give and make that verbiage more effective as we try to help customers work for, uh, move forward to be able to make a purchase decision and, uh, and end up going solar. As you get ready to, uh, to, as you get ready to address your customers, they're going to come up with different reasons why they think they can't move forward. Every time you hear an objection or every time you hear pushback, you need to first identify one of two things. Is this a real objection or is this a condition? Now, what's the difference? Uh, the first thing I'd always ask myself is, is this a true objection or is it a condition? Um, which, you know, there's a big difference in the two. A, a condition is something where they can't move forward. Fail, they have bad credit, they don't own the home. Um, those are conditions where it's impossible. Um, an objection is, it can be as simple as just a smoke screen, right? They really don't want to talk to me. They're not interested on the door. Um, I don't have time for this. I don't have the money for this. I'm not going to qualify. They're just trying to, to shoo me away. But if it's a, an objection, um, what about my roof, right? They're just not educated enough on understanding what, what solar entails. And once I'm able to explain it to them, make them feel comfortable, I can usually move past an objection. Then you need to determine, is this objection real or is this a smokescreen objection? Smoke screens are usually those knee-jerk reactions that you get mostly on the door when people are just trying to get rid of you. I'm not interested, I already looked into this. Um, I heard you can't save anything. It's gonna be too hard to sell my house when I move. They're gonna throw those things out really, really quickly. Those are typically gonna be smoke screens that you can overcome. Other objections are gonna take a little bit more work and so we're gonna show you how to go through each of those today. But you gotta to remember to understand, is this something that I should be working further through or is this something that I need to give up on and move out because it's a condition that's not gonna allow them to get solar in the first place. Now, what is the best way to overcome an objection? The way to overcome an objection is to bring it up first. If you bring it up first, it's very difficult for your customer to bring it up later. If they bring it up first, now you're fighting an uphill battle and that, uh, an uphill battle, and that can be hard to do. You wanna maintain the high ground by bringing this up first. So what does that look like? A uh, best way to overcome an objection is to bring it up first, right? Um, if you bring it up before they do, they're gonna feel more comfortable. You're also explaining to them why other people have brought it up in the past, right? That's a great question, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. The Joneses down the street, they have the same concern. What happens if I sell my home? Do I continue to pay on this? Do, does it just go to them? Being able to bring that up before they do, it really makes them feel comfortable. 
um, with the entire process as they move forward. So for example, um, you know that your customer is going to say, now what happens if I move in five years? If you have to address that, now you're going to be on the defense and try to justify why they, why they need to move forward, and that can cause problems. So instead, we're going to bring that up first simply by saying, now what a lot of people are going to ask is, what happens when I need to move? And I assume, sir, you're not going to be here for the next 20 years, right? We expect you as a solar customer probably to be moving here in the next five to seven years. So this is really important that you understand the benefit of going solar now because your house is going to have solar on it. And when you go to market your house, you can market it as a solar home. We always recommend that homeowners have copies of their pre-solar bills and their post-solar bills and give those to the, to the uh, real estate agents that they can show to the new customers and they can see how much of a savings they're going to get by, by buying this solar home as, a pie, as opposed to buying the home across the street that doesn't have solar. Okay? So that's just an example of how you could bring that up first and, and put it in a positive light rather than having to be defensive on it later if your customer brings it up first. Now, what are your main objections? There's typically five main ones that, that most reps are going to deal with, and so it's important to be familiar with these and know how to bring them up first and how to address each one of those. You're going to need to deal with the, I need to think about it. You're going to need to deal with, what if I move and the buyer doesn't want to buy my house because it has solar on it. You're going to need to deal with, I don't like to get locked into anything long term, so that contract kind of, a, of an objection. You're going to deal with, I don't like the look of the panels. How do we make it so I don't have to see these? I don't want to have neighbors looking and thinking that my roof is ugly. You're going to deal with the, I don't want to roof, uh, void my roof warranty if they just got a new roof. And then lastly, you're going to get the, this, doesn't just, this just doesn't seem like it's going to give me enough savings. So we want to go through each one of those and make sure you understand how is it that, again, I bring this up first and make sure that I can address this. Yeah, there's really two that I, that I bring up almost every time that, that come up, two objections that come up almost every time within my presentations. First is, what if I sell my home, right? I always bring this up first because the average person lives in their home eight to nine years, right? We're talking about terms of 20, 25 years at, at, on the average. So bringing it up first, I always bring up the fact that you can it's transfer. The new homeowners take over. You're not stuck in something that's not yours. Um, it makes them feel comfortable with, well, I know that I'm going to sell in, sell in the next five years. What am I going to do with this? Second one that comes up probably, uh, second most option is going to be my roof. You guys going to break my tiles. What happens if I have leaks? What happens if I have damage? And I always bring up the fact that we're going to warranty, we're going to protect you from workmanship, penetration issues, obviously where we're doing the work. If it's something caused by um, the solar installation, it really helps them feel comfortable, especially when the new homeowners just got a new roof and they're already worried about waiving the warranty that they're getting there. Now, a lot of times a rep will be faced with an objection and then think to themselves, oh shoot, my customer doesn't want to move forward. We get in panic mode and then we try to just push and move forward and just try to get the deal done and get out of the house. Obviously that job's gonna end up canceling or it's gonna end up not closing the first place and it just turns bad for everybody because there's buying pressure and nobody likes that. So instead of thinking when we hear an objection, shoot, the customer doesn't wanna move forward, what we need to be hearing is the customer asking a question. I have a concern and I wanna know how your product is gonna help me continue to get the benefits that you're telling me about and still move forward at the same time with, with having this concern. So here's how you overcome an objection. The first thing that you want to do is you want to be able to compliment them on their concern. 
you want to be able to tell them that you are glad that they show trust in you to let them know that they have an issue with one of the things that you've talked about. Number two is you want to be able to restate that concern to make sure that they feel validated and they feel heard. Empathetic listening is the best way to build that trust, and then what you have to say moving forward is going to carry a little bit more weight with it. The third thing that you want to do is use a feel-felt-found or an anecdote, meaning we want to use a third party to help us explain why uh, they were able to move forward with the exact same concern. And then it doesn't feel like it's you trying to push this onto them. We can use other people who have gone through the same thing and explain why they were able to move forward with the exact same concern. Number four is we want to have follow-up questions to make sure that we have resolved the, their concern and, and allow them to, to continue to speak if there's still lingering doubt. And then number five is we need to transition and we need to move forward. First thing I do when they have an objection that I, they, they jumped the gun before I was able to address it is, is I always tell them it's a great question, right? This is gonna do two things. It's gonna let them know they're heard and it's gonna let them know that you are going to address it later on, right? They feel comfortable that you are giving them a response because you care. Um, then I, I address the questions, and, and typically what I do is I'll bring up past experience, right? There's not very many times where you experience something brand new that you haven't addressed before in the past. So if you can help them relate to the way the Joneses or the Davids feel down, down the field, how they handled that and how they, they had the same fear, it lets them know that it's, it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to feel a certain way. And once I explain to it how it works, usually it'll help them overcome that and, and move forward. So let's talk about each one of these. Number one is to talk about complementing their concern. We wanna be able to bring that up and say, that's a great question, everybody wonders about that. We wanna call it a question rather than a concern or an objection. Questions can be answered. Questions can, uh, qu a question feels more like a, I want an answer rather than I'm trying to stop this process. So we want to rephrase that as a question anytime somebody brings up something that may be considered to be a concern or objection. So that's a great question. Let's talk about this, okay? We also want to bring in the second point here. Why do we mention everybody else? Everybody asks that same question. That makes the customer not feel isolated. It also allows you, when you go to resolve that concern, to understand that everybody else was in the same bucket, everybody else felt the same way, but everybody else continue to move forward with this process, so I can too. So anytime they answer that, uh, bring up that concern, you know, that's a great question, everybody asks that. That is the way that you wanna start addressing that specific concern. Number two is we wanna restate that concern to make sure that they feel heard. Empathetic listening is one of the best ways to gain trust. So for example, just to make sure I understand your question, are you wondering about the process of transferring your cheaper power to the new buyer when you, when you move, right? Or just to make sure I understand, you want to make sure that, you're, that you aren't getting stuck with the solar system that you won't be using after you move, right? So if the customer says to you, hey, I, look, I, this sounds good, but I'm gonna be moving in a couple years, I don't wanna get stuck with this, or what happens if my home, you know, what happens if the new buyer doesn't want solar? That's a great question, everybody asks that. You just wanna make sure that once you move, that you're not gonna be stuck paying on a solar system that you're not using anymore, right? Okay, so we've complimented their concern. We've let them know that everybody else has that same concern. And then we've restated that concern to make sure that they feel heard. Number three is to move into the feel felt found and anecdote section. Feel felt found or anecdote is used to use third party to help you overcome the objection. If I tell you something, you don't believe me. But if your neighbor, or your friend, or your family member tells you something, you're more likely to believe. And so we wanna bring in other customers who have had that same concern and how they were able to move forward with that. So for example, 
we would open that up by saying, again, that's a great question. Everybody feels that way. Just to make sure I understand, you're concerned that you're not saving as much money up front as what you were expecting. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. First step, uh, two steps. Step number three, again, I get how you feel. Like I mentioned, many of your customers feel the same way. What they found is, so I understand how you feel. Other customers have felt the same way. And what they have found is, and if you can use a specific customer, then that's even more powerful. But here's an example. I understand how you feel. Doug down the street, he felt the same way because he's moving in three years. What he found was that solar homes are selling at a premium here in Arizona for a couple reasons. And then you can explain those reasons. So it made sense for him to take advantage of those savings now and the increased equity when he goes to sell in a couple years. So again, you're using Doug as a way to overcome this objection rather than you trying to tell them that they should move forward themselves. Yeah, so the feel, felt, found principle, it's, it's good in many ways. I mean, it's great for me from, from a training aspect when I was taught the feel, felt, found um, because it helps me to understand how the customer feels, the way they felt in the past and what they have found to come. So an example would be, you know, I, I don't want solar, it's, it's too expensive, right? I don't have the money to pay for it. Well, I understand how you feel, right? Again, the Joneses down the street felt the same exact way, but what they've come to find is not only does it save you money, there's no upfront investment, but you're, you're benefiting your home and you're generating for years to come. So being able to understand that feel, felt, found, and understand that there's a, a true lack of understanding from their end, and then you being able to explain it in that way, it makes them feel really comfortable um, in, in the process and what you're doing. Here's another example. I understand how you feel. The Salcedos felt the same way too, because they were expecting a huge savings up front. What they found as they received their utility bill further was that they were actually more concerned about the long-term savings since they've seen the bill continually to go up like we were talking about year after year, right? And then you can refer back to the utility bill and all of those pain points that you use at the start of your presentation. But using the Salcedos in this example and explaining how they were, sure, they were concerned that there wasn't as much savings up front as they were expecting, but now moving forward, there were gonna be huge savings as the utility bill continues to rise and rise. Here's another example of an anecdote. One thing that a lot of my customers have considered is the fact that they will be buying power from the utility for the rest of their time at that home, no matter what. They decided that if they could get another option that was a better option, both in price, efficiency, and environmental benefit, then it just made sense to switch. Here's another one. If you're gonna fill your tank with gas and you saw Chevron selling their fuel for 15 cents less per gallon than Circle K across the street, which one would you go to? Or, Obviously, anyone buying a new house is going to be looking for all the upgrades they can get. Solar homes sell quicker and higher because new buyers love inheriting a home with lower expenses. So both of those are examples on why it makes sense to continue to move forward and not allow that objection to stand in the way. So use a third party and use an anecdote to help them understand why it's a better deal to move forward with solar. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the ones that I, I really use when it comes to an anecdote is locking in your price per kilowatt, especially when I'm doing a power purchase agreement, right? Um, I always lean back to gas. 20 years ago when gas was 99 cents a gallon and it just turned over to that dollar a gallon, everyone was upset. This is outrageous. But you look at it now, hindsight's 2020. if we could go back and we can lock our cost of gas in at 99 cents a gallon, would we do it for the next 25 years? Absolutely. 
right? It's the same thing when you're talking about your cost of energy, your cost of power. You're getting an opportunity to lock your cost in at 11 cents a kilowatt, wherever we put it at, 11 cents a kilowatt, opposed to having no idea where it's gonna go with your, your current provider. Step number four is really simple. It's just to follow up and make sure that they have been satisfied with the answer that you've given them. So a simple question. Do you have any other questions about what we've talked about so far? Notice that so far is underlined there. We wanna make sure that we are not trying to say that now they have to make a decision. We've, we've, uh, you know, we've addressed this concern. Do you have any other concerns? Okay, now we're moving forward. Well, then buying pressure is gonna go right through the roof. So we wanna just say, do you have any questions on what we've talked about so far? Keep it really light that there's more to come. I'm not trying to ask for a decision right now. I just wanna make sure that you understand uh, what we've talked about and that what I have presented to you is uh, it makes sense for you to continue to move forward in the presentation. So does this make sense what we've talked about so far? After addressing their concerns, it's time to transition and get on with the show. So we wanna make sure that we can start building value again. The easiest way to transition is to ask another question or to redirect them into something else. So for example, one thing that most of my customers wanna know is, or what is your favorite part of what I've shown you so far? Another one might be, what do you see as being the biggest benefit to switching to solar? All three of those are gonna be opportunities for the customer to get their mind off of what they've been thinking about and start thinking about the benefits that you've talked about. Here's a couple more. So you can see why so many of your neighbors have already switched to, to solar with Fusion Power. Or how do you feel about having the freedom to choose where you get your power from? Another one, planning for the future, do you anticipate using the same amount of usage or do you expect that to go up? Another one, since you're on a fixed income, how do you plan on dealing with the utility's constant price hikes? All of these different kinds of transition questions or statements take your customer's mind off of what it was that they were originally concerned about and moving them into the next part of the presentation. Yeah, so after I have an objection, um, I usually, after I, I handle the objection, I, trans, I transition with a lot of confidence. Um, it's very important not to be stuck on one thing um, and being able to move it to the next step because if you focus on one thing, you lose everything that you've done before and you're not able to, you get them hung up on that same spot. You have to move um, to keep the presentation going in order of the way you want it to go. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that you can apply these steps into your sales arsenal for you to help your customers work through their questions and concerns. We have an incredible product that we sell with solar and with proper education, there's really no reason why any homeowner shouldn't have solar on their homes. That said, overcoming objections takes a ton of practice and it's best not to practice for the first time in a live sales presentation. Get together and practice these steps with a teammate, your manager, or in the classroom where you can try a few of these different ways to complement, restate, use anecdotes and ask follow-up questions and practice those transitions uh, so that when you get to a real life situation, you can be much more versed. And more importantly, practice your pitch and your presentations by bringing up those anticipated concerns before your customer can. That way you can address them on your terms rather than on theirs and you're gonna have a much, a much higher likelihood of being able to overcome those objections and move customers into going solar. Thank you for being with us today. We'll see you next time on the Fusion Power Podcast.